the Lord hath given me the tongue of the learned, that I should know how to speak a word in season to him that is weary. Isaiah chapter 50, verse 4. You are about to hear the encouraging word with Bishop E.A.T. Saki. Bishop E.A.T. Saki is an assistant to Bishop Dag Hayward Mills and serves as the resident bishop of the Kadesh, the Church on Fire. This word will bring you hope, comfort, encouragement, salvation, and much more. Join Bishop E.A.T. Saki as he ministers the infallible word of God. Your perfect life 
Sinking deep in sin, far from the peaceful shore. Very deeply stained within, seeking to rise no more. But he's the master of the sea, heard my despair and cry. From the waters lifted me, now safe, safe am I. Completely said, yes, he, he will lift you by his love out of the angry waves. And he's the master of the sea, he lost his will, obey. He, your savior, wants to save, be saved today. Dear friends, I'm very grateful to God for this opportunity to come your way again with the word of God. I believe that it's been a good morning so far and God has been kind and gracious to us and God has brought us together. So wherever you are in the service, uh, make sure all your family members are also online. Um, if you are together in the whole house, like Bishop Toss said in the beginning, Bible talks about the jailer and his household. And Paul wrote a lot of all, most of Paul's letters. He always bring greetings to the church that meets in this house. And this house and this household. So it's a blessing that um, somehow, although we are not meeting physically this Easter morning, we can still be together in our homes and in our various houses together, watch and enjoy the fullness of the blessing of God in the services. So I believe that it's a good time and a good season, and I'm going to share the word of God with us. I trust that God will be gracious to us and 
God will bless and help us. And his word will come true to every one of us, our lives. Shout amen. Now, before I preach, I want to recommend to you, we are still locked down, although it's Easter morning. You know, last um, Friday, Good Friday, the service was amazing. The Independence uh, Square service. What a beautiful gathering it was. I believe that thousands of thousands watched. And if you haven't watched it yet, you can go online and watch again and hear a type of preaching that will change your life forever. I've had not, I've not heard such an amazing message all my life about hell and the various compartments. Each, just like your house, you have a living room, bedroom, and various areas. Hell, there are various compartments. And hell is not just one thing that we know as a lake of fire. Several compartments that we learned about. And I was so blessed. And I've listened to it again. So you listen to it again and again. And I believe you will be blessed. Amen. Wonderful. Right. I also want to encourage you that whilst you're at home, you're praying for... 240 hours, 120 hours, and 120 hours again for your life, for your destiny, for your future. So invest the time into prayer. Don't just watch television all day long. Make the time of lock yourself up, find a quiet place in your home if you can find, and pray and read the Bible and also recommend these books, How to Neutralize Cases. This is an amazing book, and I really want you to if you don't have it, get it. You can buy it online and all that. Read it. Soak it in. I've been, I read it before, not all of it, but I've, as I've stated, I've read, I've now tried to go through all of it again. And I'm just shocked at the revelations and the things that I thought I knew, but I don't know at all. May God keep us humble as we learn and we, as we study. And may God open our eyes to see. All the various doors that we open into our lives and allow cases into our lives. Again, there's the book, the good, uh, A Good General. That is also a very amazing book that you really, really need to study at home as we, we are at home. Please read these books. Let them enter your spirit and let God bring, make you the person you ought to be. Take advantage of this season. I'm not bored at all being at home, although many things have come to a standstill because there's so much I need to catch up with myself and with God and all that. So I'm making the best of the time, the best of the season, and uh, praying and seeking the face of God and, and also learning and reading and all that. I believe that it will be a great blessing for us. Somebody shout amen. So I'm going to share with you very, very important uh, message from this book, How You Can Preach Salvation, a very important subject. The subject is number your days. Somebody say number your days. Come on, say it louder. Number your days. Hallelujah. But since it is this uh, Good Friday and Easter festivities, I want to read to you one of the hymns that I love. Man of sorrows, what a name for the Son of God who came. Reunion sinners to reclaim. Hallelujah, what a Savior. And the second Sunday says, Bearing shame and scoffing root, in our place condemned he stood. Sealed my pardon with his blood. Hallelujah, what a Savior. Guilty, violent, helpless we. Spotless lamb of God was he. For redemption can it be? Hallelujah. What a savior. Now the last time says, the, well the fourth one says, lifted up was he to die. It is finished was his cry. Now in heaven exalted high. Hallelujah. What a savior. And the last time, when he comes, a glorious king to his kingdom us to bring, then a new, a, a new this song will sing. Hallelujah, what a savior. Thank God for a savior who bought a pardon on Calvary. Thank God for real sinners who us to reclaim. What a savior. He stood in a place condemned. He stood in a place he sealed our pardon with his blood. I'm so grateful to God that our pardon has been sealed by the blood of Jesus. So today, as we um, celebrate Easter, 
God impressed on my heart to share this very important word with you. Number your days. And I'm going to read to us from Psalm 90. I want you, if you can write the scripture, then write it down. If you can open your Bible, read it, open and read it together. And let's all see what God is telling us here in Psalm 90. Very important passage of scripture. And uh, we can't read all of it. So I'm going to read to us from verse number 9. Psalm 90 and verse number 9. The Bible says, For all our days are passed away in wrath, in thy wrath. We spend our years as a tale that is told. The days of our years are threescore years and ten. And if by reason of strength they are fourscore years, yet is their strength, labor, and sorrow. For it is soon cut off and we fly away. Who knoweth the power of thine anger? Even according to thy fear, so is thy wrath. So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts unto wisdom. That's verse 12. So teach us to number our days that we may apply our hearts to wisdom. I'm going to read to you the same passage from the New Living Translation. It says, We live our lives beneath your wrath, ending our years with a groan. Seventy years are given to us. Some even live to 80. But even the best years are filled with pain and trouble. Soon they disappear and we fly away. Who can comprehend the power of your anger? Your wrath is as awesome as the fear you, as the, as the fear you deserve. Teach us to realize the brevity of life. So that we may grow in wisdom. Can I read verse 12 again to you? It says, teach us to realize the brevity of life. So that we may grow in wisdom. I want us to pray. Father, we ask you this morning. Speak to every heart. Let your word come through to everyone. May we realize what you want us to realize. Touch every soul. Touch everyone that is hearing me today. In Ghana and beyond and everywhere they are listening. I pray, oh God, your word will rule and reign in our hearts. Show us the way we ought to go. And deliver us from foolishness. And from things that destroy our lives. We thank and we bless you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, um, I'm sharing with you, number your days. Number your days. Number one, why do we have to number our days? The word of God commands us to number our days because God has given man a fixed number of days up on this earth. God has given all of us a fixed number of days. On this air. Bible says we must number our days. Because everybody's days are fixed. If you want to you can extend and say your years, your months are fixed. So we need to know and see what it means to number our days. You know, in the old time when you read from beginning Genesis and all that. You see people were living, some were living up to 900 years. 800 years. And all that. And then people began to as sin multiplied in the world and evil multiplied and all our wickedness. Bible says in Genesis chapter 6 that God repented for making man. God regretted. That's one of the few verses we see in the Bible where God repented. God changed his mind for creating man because God saw the multiplication of evil. God saw all our evil ways and our sins and the wrong things we keep doing. And Bible said, God repented for making man. And that is in Genesis chapter 6, I believe. Let's look at it very quickly and then we will continue. 
Genesis chapter 6, verse 3 says, And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for, for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be 120 years. That is when the days were, were, were cut short. And the Bible says in verse 5, And God saw the wickedness of man, that of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of thoughts of his heart was only evil continually. And verse 6 says that, And it repented the Lord that he had made man on earth, and it grieved him to his heart. Wow. What a shock. Verse, let me read from the New Living Translation. The Bible says that, The Lord observed the extent of human wickedness on, on the earth, and he saw that everything they thought or imagined was consistently and totally evil. So the Lord was sorry he had ever made them and put them on the earth. It broke his heart. What a shock. Bible says that our ways broke the heart of God. What have we done that has disappointed God and broken the heart of God? Bible says he, he realized that our thoughts, our ways were continuously and continually towards evil. And he regretted. Bible says, God has said that if I do not cut short, I cannot be fighting with man for verse 3. Then the Lord said, my spirit will not be put up with, will not put up with humans for such a long time. For they are only mortal flesh. In the future, their normal lifespan will, be, will not be more than 120 years. So you see, man was living full time, full, full of life, seven, seven hundred, eight hundred. And God said, no, 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 no. Every time I'm dealing with man, I'm arguing with man, I'm fighting with man, I cannot strive with man forever. We cannot quarrel all the time. God was saying that, I cannot quarrel with you all the time. So let me just cut short your life. So man's life was reduced to 120. That is in the Bible. But even here, we see the psalm supposedly written by Moses. And he says that God has given us 70 years. And uh, per adventure, God can give us 80. So you see, our days are determined. Our days are fixed. Our years are fixed. So keep on adding. And if you, those of you watching me, you, you see, if you add a few years to your years, I mean, as I stand here, I remember when I was young. I remember when I was in secondary school from one. I was 13 years old. And that is when I gave my heart to Christ, when my, my senior, senior Castro, led me to Jesus. He called me one early morning and prayed with me my second day in school. And he led me and I gave my heart to Christ. I was only 13 years old. But look at me now. I'm growing. I'm, how old am I now? I was born in 19. Mind your own business. <laughs> but let me tell you something. I'm growing. My next major birthday will be 60. So I'm, I'm not young as I used to be. So it's gone so fast and so quickly. Look at this, this, this year. We're already in April. I mean, the year just started like yesterday. The year's running fast. And look at all that is happening in the world. So our days are fixed. You may not know it, but your days are fixed. Am I talking to anybody here? So it's important to know that some, you know, Jesus Christ knew that his days were fixed. Just a short time. That is why he was always in, in, about his father's business. I must finish this. I must do this. I must do it. Because he knew, he knew that he doesn't have all the time there is in the world. Friends, I'm telling you this Easter morning that our days are fixed. You know, when you look at yourself, I remember... My, my, when I go to visit my mother at Winneba, I always look at his living room. I see her pictures. My mother is now a, about getting to 84 years old. Now, I see her pictures when she was in her 20s and 30s. And she looked really, really beautiful. I, I think she's still beautiful. In case somebody tells her that I said she's not beautiful again. She's still quite pretty for her age. You know, but she, that when I see her, I say, wow, I cannot reconcile this lady. To this uh, struggling old lady that I see today. Am I talking to anybody here? When I say she now she's sitting down. She's always trying sitting behind the table. Wearing her big uh, dress. And feeling weak. And struggling to walk and all that. But I remember when we're growing up with her and all that. She's always been on the heavy side. And my mother used to like fun and like parties. 
she and her sisters they will go out they go and have fun and they'll have parties and almost every weekend there was a party going on and um, somewhere they, i remember as a young boy my mother was always always i go out as a sister they go for parties and they will come back and all that fantastic when she's going out i remember when she's dressing up we would have i mean like i said she's on the heavy side so we have to help her to wear her corsets what a shock three boys helping their mother to wear a corset and we push it pull it the corset was tight and we pull it and she wear it and when she wears it you know she give you a knock come on pull it harder pull it harder and we help her to wear the corset and when she wears the corset and she wears her dress on it you see her walking and she's looking slim i tell you you don't know what is covering what is underneath the the, the, the beautiful clothes is wearing when she comes home and she calls us paying where are you come here come here and three men have to help her to remove her corset again and when she moves the corset all the flesh will come like that what a shock but you see the reason i'm saying this to say that she had she had had her fun she had had her time but looking at her now she's changed i mean she now doesn't and i don't remember last time uh, last time she had a party was her 80th birthday when we organized a party for her but the days of fun uh, over the days of happy all those days are over now she at the age of 82 83 84 she goes around sit in a taxi or in a car has a megaphone she preaches try to preach and come back but you see life is short and your days are fixed that is why you must number your days can i have an amen are you hear what i'm saying very very important for you to number your days because time you see when you sit in an exams room you realize that time can run very fast i remember when we did our own levels i always remember this very uh, interesting guy he was a rascal in the class uh, when we did our own levels and when the teacher came and the um, invigilator came and he said i think english or one of the subjects and he said okay you have 10 minutes more and five minutes more and he came and said get ready to stop work then this boy sitting by me said it's spell me w <laughs> he was so hot that he he thought w was a word i should spell him w because he realized that time was finished my friends our days are fixed i said our days are fixed we don't have eternity we don't have all the time that race very soon will be out of you will check out of here look at what is happening now more so many thousands of people have died in the world now people that we personally know have even died why because there's something that is happening you we, maybe we didn't plan nobody planned you died i don't think i don't expect you to die tomorrow or next week but i'm saying that be wise and number your days know that you don't have all the time there is in the world come on shout amen this is Easter morning, an important message I'm preaching to you. Teach us to number our days so that we can apply our hearts to wisdom. Amen. Am I preaching to you? I received the word of God. Bible says, God said, I, I, my spirit will not fight with man forever. God will not fight with you. A time can when God says, enough is enough. When we revelation, Bible says that at a point, God said, let him want to be evil, be evil still. Let you want to be, want to be wicked, be wicked still. Let you want to be righteous, be righteous. A time comes when God says, enough is enough. Do what you want to do. But remember that your days are fixed. Teach us to number our days so that we can apply our hearts to wisdom. Can I have an amen again? Number two, the second reason why we, we need to number our days is so that the word of God commands you to number your days because... Mankind often numbers the wrong things. We often number the wrong things. Once again, um, Psalm 90 and verse number 12. Teach us to number our days so that we can apply our wisdom. Again, the, the New Living Translation says that teach us to realize the brevity of life so that we can grow in wisdom. Hmm. What a word. Listen, we often number the wrong things. We often count the wrong things. I, uh, there's a man who's very quite rich and so on. He has a number of Benzes parked in his house, different colors. And it's always numbering. I have six Benzes red one, green one, blue one, 
white one, a number of benzes, and each day, Monday, I'm, I'm driving white. Or Sunday, rather, I'm driving white because white is like holiness. <laughs> what a shock. And then t- Monday, I'm, I'm driving red. Tuesday, I'm driving a number of them. We number our cars and makes us feel good. How, may, how much we count our monies all the time. Some of us are always counting money. <laughs> we don't have a lot too. We are always counting them, always counting our money, always counting our money and all that. I have a, a, a relative who's always counting his shoes. And he likes polishing his shoes. I tell you, he, he takes his shoes, maybe he has about 12 pairs. She, he brings them out. He's not going anywhere. He just polishes them and puts them in the sun. And the shoes are shining. And you'll be looking at the shoes and you'll be smiling. And all that and so on. You are counting the wrong things. As for shoes, they will change. Sooner than later, you see their mouth open like that. You see the heel has, has been chopped and all that. So you see, we are often counting the wrong thing. Some people count the number of girlfriends they have. I have eight, I have 25, I have 75. Some kind of boyfriend they've had. We're always counting the wrong things. That is why the Bible is saying that let us count, let us number the right thing, not the wrong thing. Don't just spend all your life counting your money. Don't just spend all your life counting uh, whatever you, uh, um, all, your, all, all your experiences. Spend your life numbering your days. That's what the Bible is telling us. Show us the brevity of life. Life is brief. Life is very brief. That is one of the most outstanding, by the, but also the most neglected truth of the Bible. The life is brief. The brevity of life. It is so clear, yet it is so overlooked by us. We always think that we have eternity ahead of us. We have all the world ahead of us. But the Bible is making us to understand that we need to count our days, not count the wrong thing. You know, there's a shop in uh, Singapore. I know some people who actually went to this shop. The shop is called, There is Nothing Like Too Many Shoes Limited. <laughs> there's nothing like Too Many Shoes Limited. It's a real shop. It's, a, of course, a women's shop. There's nothing like Too Many Shoes Limited. It's the name of a shop. I know some people who actually, some ladies who actually went to that shop to go and see for themselves. And it's, it's a good thing. I mean, it's interesting because I'm sure the shop makes a lot of money. It's telling women that you can never have enough shoes. I tell my wife that, look, the clothes and the shoes you have, if I sell them, I can buy a four-bedroom house. I can auction them. Because we have so many, so many things and sometimes we don't even need them. And all that and so on. We count our shoes. We count our dresses. We count uh, uh, various things. We count our cars. We count our money and so on. We are always counting the wrong thing. But let us learn to count the right thing. Say amen. Your days are very important. Every passing day, one day is off your life. One day is off your life. One day is off your life. We don't have all the time. Let me tell you, we are in the the fourth month of, of, of the year. Four months have come already. And look at all the plans we had. Plans to go here. Plans to travel. Plans to go and sell. Plans to go and do business. Plans to do this. All of us, we are all being grounded. Nobody's going anywhere. And the days have not been, the days are going. So as the days are going, your life has come, many things have come to a stop. So remember that you don't have all the time there is for you. May God help us to number our days. Come on, shout amen. Are you still there? Number three, just I'm giving you just seven points and it will be done. Why do you number your days? The word of God commands us to number our days because when your day, when your num- the number of your days, um, because when you number your days, you'll discover that your life on earth is a contract. Your life on earth is a what? It's a contract. Every contract has an expiry period. There's no contract that is forever. Every contract, you're giving a contract to build a road within six months or one year. You're giving a contract to do this. You're giving a contract. Every contract, you sign the contract, there's a beginning period and there's an end period. A time can when the contract ends. Now, I need for you to know that our lives are just contracts. Can I read to you from Job? Chapter 7, verse 1 and 2. 
Is there not an appointed time to man upon earth? And not his days also, like the days of an highland. As a servant earnestly desires the shadow, and as an highland looketh for the reward of his work. So the Bible is making us to see that our days are appointed as a highland, as someone who has been hired to come and do a job. You will hide. I will hire you for one week. I will hire you to do this for one day. And one day I will pay you this amount of money. When the time comes and I have not done the work, you will not get what you are supposed to be paid. You, you understand what I'm saying? If you, you, you get a contract, you are supposed to work with a stipulated, stipulated time. Otherwise, you are not rewarded. Listen, your life is a contract. And every contract expires at a point. I'm preaching. I said I'm preaching. Look at your life carefully. It's a contract. Even the children you have, God gave them, they, be, they belong to God. And God gives them to you for a season. A time can when your children leave home. I have my three boys who, have le- who have, are trying to leave home or they've left home. And once in a while they come to the storeroom and collect things and take them, take them away when they are broke and all that. Or when I get a message from them, a flash, or uh, I get a WhatsApp from them and they tell me that that is not good at all. They know what they want. But, you know, by far they've left home to a point. They've left home and they are on their own and, and all that and so on. I don't have the pleasure of having them around me now. At first, when they're all around, they play the guitar, they're not playing the, uh, the keyboard, and we'll be having fun and all that. That time is over. Your life is a contract. Make the best of the time that you have now. The best of serving God. The best of praying. The best of studying the Bible. The best of preaching. The best of, of serving God. This is the time you have. It's a contract. Soon, the contract will be over. I'm preaching to you. You don't have all the time. You have unlimited time. It's a contract. If you are like a highland, God has given the time to you. Soon, it will be over. What a word. Am I talking to you here? Don't be like a disciple about your serving God. About your giving. About your supporting the work of God. About, about your preaching. About starting church. About preaching the word of God. About working for God. Don't be, don't be, don't think that I have all the time. Nobody ever thought that a time will come when four weeks you will not have church service. Nobody ever dreamt of it. Two, I mean, two months ago, we never saw it coming. We never thought it would come to a time when we cannot gather as service. So that is how it is. We cannot gather to have church. That's how it is. The time is over. Perhaps God is going to give us another. I believe another opportunity is going to come. This is the midnight hour. I'm talking to you right there. The night has come. So my friends, don't let us joke with the time you have. Don't joke with the energy. Don't know the strength you have. I'm telling you something. Let us understand that it's a contract and work like you, work like you have only today. Oh, Kando Shakabahatosa. Some of you need to give your heart to cry. You are joking with God. You are not taking God seriously. You are not taking serving God seriously. You are not taking your work with God seriously. You are joking with your life. Listen to me. Very soon, the contract will be over. Very soon, the man will come and say, Hey, it's time is up. I need the keys to the house. It's time. Your, your time is expired. Leave your place now. May, it, may, may, may you never have days of regret when that time comes. I'm preaching. Job chapter 14, verse 5. Bible says, Seeing his days are determined, the number of his months are with thee. Thou hast appointed his bounds that he will not come, he cannot pass. In other words, you cannot cross certain paths. This is a pure cough. <laughs> don't worry. And you are far away, so don't be afraid. Bible says that you cannot pass the time. Somebody was, Jesus was giving 33 years, he was gone. John the Baptist, about 30, he was gone. And so on. So, you see, it is not necessarily how long you live, but how well you live. Am I preaching to you here? We all pray, God, give us, give us 80 years. But what is in that 80 years? Sometimes, in the righteous, people will perish that early because God is saving them from a certain disaster that is going to come. So I'm saying to everybody here, don't live expecting, oh, I want to do this when I'm 40 years, when I'm 60 years, and all that. Don't talk like that. Don't talk like you own your life. Somebody owns your life. 
and somebody has given you the contract. Somebody signed the contract and said, I've given you this time. You may not know expired it, but live like you don't have all the time there is in the world. Number four, I'm preaching so well. Hallelujah. I said, Hallelujah. Number four, Bible says, um, the word of God commands us to number our days because when you number your days, you will understand that the days, the day of death is already determined. <laughs> the day of death is already determined. Look, one day, some people were with uh, my bishop in the car several years ago and had an accident. And uh, one of them, I think it is Bishop Kakra, or Kakra who said, after the car somersault, they were on their way to Tamale to have a convention, and then the, the car was rolling over and all that and so on. And the bishop was driving at that time. A basket rider came ahead of them, and they tried to avoid, uh, to, uh, avoid an accident, and the car just rolled into, into the bush, started rolling over and over and over. A number of them were in the car, including uh, Bishop Kakra Baden. And then when they, nobody got uh, uh, nobody died by the grace of God, letting Jesus here and there. But when they came out, Biokaka said that if he had died, he would have been, he would have been very surprised. <laughs> what a shock. If he had died, he had been very surprised. I'm telling you, many of us are not, we don't think that we can ever die. We think that we are, we, 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 we are supermen. We can fly, we can do whatever. I'm not expecting you to die tomorrow, no. I pray for extension of life. I pray that God will keep you alive and well. But I'm saying to you that even though we don't expect to die, in reality, death is part of life. I'm sorry to say that in this coronavirus season, I people that I personally know and no parents that I personally know have passed on and moved on. So what do we say? What do we say to this? Let us understand that your day of death is already determined. Just like, you know, doctors can give you, uh, if you are pregnant, they can tell you, this is your expected day of delivery. That is, expected day, EDD, expected day of delivery. 27 May, you are going to live so, plus or minus two weeks and all that, or just around that time. But unfortunately, nobody can give you expected day of death, except people who are very sick. I know a lady who works in a, uh, a hospice nurse. She works in a, at a place where people who are, been, who are going to die, they know they are going to die, they are kept in the hospital. Now, he, she said, that all the time, some, some, some of them are giving uh, two weeks, one week, one month. They know that they are going to go and they have terminal diseases and a beyond recovery. And all of them. And she said that one of the clear signs is when their time comes, the way they, they become extra strong. The person may be having a type of cancer, feeling weak and all that. And this nurse told, told us that when they are about to die, Suddenly, the supernatural strength comes and they begin to shake and they begin to hold people and begin to be strong. It's a sign that they're just popping off. I was surprised when she said it that they have some, super, some, some strength comes to them even when they're just about to pop off. I search a hospital, you know, everybody knows that soon I'll be going. But you and I, walking about, living our lives, eating our gari, eating our rice and and all those type of things and all that. We feel well. We play soccer. We do exercises. We feel healthy. But I'm telling everybody here, if you can hear me and hear me carefully, that your day of death is already determined. It's determined. You may not know it. I, a, a, a pastor was going to have a heart surgery. And then when the, the doctor was about to Wheel this pastor into the theater. He asked the, the, the pastor, do you have any question to ask about the surgery? He was going to have an open heart surgery. And so the man, the pastor was thinking, what should I ask the man? He was afraid, but of course, he hoped that he was praying that everything would be okay. And so just before he was wheeled in, he asked the, the, the doctor asked him, what should I ask you? And he said, um, uh, what, what, what question do you want to ask? The pastor said, so you're going to open my heart? Said yes. Said that, and what else are you going to say? I'm going to kill the cells that are misbehaving so that you can, you can now live on and all that. And the pastor, a very funny pastor, he asked the doctor that, once you are at it, when my heart is opened, can you cut off some of my sins in my heart? Can you cut off my greed, my immorality, 
my evil ways, my, my, my pride. Cut some of sins you are in my heart. Please, you open my heart. Cut some as you are cutting off dead cells. Cut off some of these things also, so that when I wake up, I'll be purer. The doctor said, I'm sorry. I've not been trained for that. Only God can enter your heart. I said, only God can enter your heart and deal with the areas of your life which, is, which destroys us and make us not live a full life. May you live a full life to serve God. Shout amen. Number five. What do we number, how do we number our days? The Bible says the word of God commands us to number our days because Jesus numbered his days on earth. He knew his time was limited. Jesus. John chapter 4 verse 34. Jesus said unto them, My meat is to do the will of him that sent me and to finish his work. May you finish your work. May you finish your work. Hallelujah. When Jesus hung on the cross and said, It is finished. He knew that the purpose is finished. The reason why I came to the world, you see, many people try to stop Jesus from going to the cross. They try to make him a king because he gave them bread. They try to um, lift him up and all that. But Jesus said, no, no, no. I am supposed to go all the way to the cross and I'm going to go there. When he hung on the cross, he said, it is finished. I've done what I was sent to do. May you finish your work. May you finish your assignment. May you finish your, your work God has given you. Preach the word. Pray, serve God, live for people. Let God be glorified in your life. May you, able to, may you be able to say, I've finished my work. Another scripture says in, Matthew, in John chapter 9, verse 4 and 5, I must wear the works of him that sent me while it is day. The night cometh when no man can work. A time comes when we can't work again. Bishop Toss, a time comes when we cannot preach the way we are preaching. A time comes. Well, we cannot do what we are doing now. So let's just do it whilst we have the energy now. Let us do it while we have the strength now. A time comes. A time comes. When we cannot have the opportunity to preach again. A time comes when the door is closed. Today the door is opened. Enter the door now. The opportunity is there to serve God. Save him now. Opportunity to give. Give now. Don't say tomorrow. Don't say tomorrow. Don't say tomorrow. A time comes when it's over. Number six. My time is already up. I'm not out of word. I'm just out of time. But listen. The word of God commands us to number our day because God does not want you to be deluded into thinking that you have more time than you actually, than you actually have. John chapter 4, verse 35 and 36. Say not ye, there are yet four months. And then cometh the harvest. Behold, I say unto you, lift up your eyes and look on the fields, for they are white, ready to harvest. And he that repaired received wages and gathered fruit unto eternal life. But both he that soweth and he that reapeth may rejoice together. Amen. Listen to me, my friends. The reason why we must, we must number our days is so that we will not think we have so much time. I always remember when my next door neighbor at University of Ghana in 1984, I believe, at Toponglo Hall at Legon. I always remember we used to talk about soccer. We used to talk about, about politics and all that. But one Monday morning, we got up and we were going for lectures and we didn't see him. And then uh, the day ended. We didn't see him. The following day, we didn't see him. Then we started getting worried. Then we started smelling something very bad. Then somebody broke into his room. We found him dead on the floor. Second year university student. We never expected it to happen. We would talk and my heart broke because we, I talked to him about soccer. I've talked to him about, about, about politics, but we never, I never talked to him about Christ. That's when God challenged me that, listen, you never know the next person that you had the opportunity to speak to. When you have the chance, talk to him about Christ. I remember when I was preaching one day at Winneba Secondary School, a young lady came to me after I finished preaching. Her name is Abigail. Abigail came and said, Pastor, every message you preach was about me. Examples you gave was about me. But I'm not ready now. 
I'm waiting till I finish sixth form. And when I finish then, I can have all the fun. I can serve God. But now, I'm very popular in this school. Everybody knows me and all that. And he kept, she kept on talking and talking. As she spoke, I told her, Abigail, what else can I do? I cannot force you to give your heart to Christ. But today, if you hear his word, harden not your heart. I spoke to Abigail with tears in my eyes. I said, what combination do I need to unlock your heart? Abigail wouldn't listen. said, I'm not ready now. She spoke to me with tears in her eyes and tears in my eyes, but she was not ready. She walked away. She said, when I'm ready, when I'm ready, when I'm ready, don't say you have four months. You are watching me. Listen to me. Don't say you have so much time. Abigail wouldn't respond. And then she went to two weeks later. I was in my room. You know how the story ends. When my door kicked open, somebody came and said, Pastor, do you remember Abigail? I said, yes, I remember her. So she died. She just had a little some malaria. She was being rushed to hospital. Before they got to hospital, she was dead. You never know the time that you have. Maybe that was the last chance Abigail had to give her life to Christ. Today, it's an opportunity for some of you to turn over your life to Christ. Because you need to know that you don't say, I have four months, I have five months, I'll do this tomorrow, I'll serve God tomorrow, I'll pray tomorrow. You don't have enough time. Finally, you must number your days. Because God wants you to know. God wants you to prepare for judgment. There's a day called day of judgment. When all of us shall be judged. We just stand before God. How we lived our lives. The things you've done wrong. The evil. All those things. I pray that God will. This day we would ask God for mercy. And for forgiveness. And for restoration. So that our days left. Shall be pleasing to God. Let us bow heads and pray. Wherever you are right now, I'm going to pray with you. Please, take this moment seriously. You are young. You are, tw- you, 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 you are just 17 years old. You are 25 years old. Or maybe you are old. You are 65. You listen to us this morning. Today, Easter Sunday. I want you to know that our Savior himself, he knew that his time was short. And he did his best today. I want you to turn over your life to Christ and commit yourself to him and let Jesus rule and reign in your heart. Say with me, Heavenly Father, I come to you today, this Easter morning, just as I am. I pledge myself to serve you, to follow you, to love you, to walk with you the rest of my life. Please, Jesus, write my name in the book of life i will save you i will follow you i will trust in you the rest of my life please help me to number my days help me not to take life for granted thank you for the opportunity to save you i promise to save you the rest of my life thank you father in jesus name amen Amen.